This is Flipping Tables. Welcome to Flipping Tables, a podcast about technology, gaming, and culture. This week we have Matt Duncan back to give us a little rundown on game. Is it Gamescom or, or Gamerscom? It's Gamescom. Gamescom. It, it, it used to be called a Games Convention, but then they moved and renamed themselves or something along that line. It, is it the convention version of pivoting? Did they pivot? But isn't it Gamescom yep. with an M? Yeah. Yep. So, so is it short for conference? <laughs> Circumference? <laughs> I just commercial because oh. I know. <laughs> Take that. So so you were there actually in, in multiple capacities, right? Uh yeah. I mean I I knew ahead of time that I wasn't probably not gonna be able to play anything there because just like any other con it's just QCon. So if you wanna <laughs> wait in line for three hours, that's okay. That's the convention for you. But so I kinda got a two jobs, if you can say it, or three jobs. I mean I was cosplaying anyway, so that's something to do. And then I ran around with a microphone with uh, flipping tables on it. So I tried to get some <laughs> interviews and just some random material, which I'm going to upload later this week. And Did you have any nice adventures with that beautiful red microphone? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, oh. it was falling apart halfway through, but <laughs> so, it, was, it was okay. <laughs> so we were, Mike and I were, were trying to figure out, did you dye the windscreen red or is that just like a spray paint job? No, I I just bought I just bought one. I I paid money for this. Oh, that, <laughs> I'm oh. gonna send you the bill tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should. It, it's Michael Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> I know his address. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He actually know. does. <laughs> no, but uh, the the windscreen was bought, and the other thing was uh, made of foam board, which I had for cosplay reasons, and then just uh, printed Cos- a piece of cosplay paper. Cosplay reasons. <laughs> cosplay reasons. <laughs> Half of my inventory in my apartment is for cosplay reasons. <laughs> Which I have to say, and we'll we'll put a link to uh, some of the, the pictures you took in the show notes, but you're, so it, I guess it's just Link. We don't have like a special name. We don't know the name of the game he's coming from, but the the new Wii U Link that you Yeah, Zelda U or something. Or, yep. Yeah, Zelda, yeah. Well, you know what? It's he deserves a game named after him besides the Adventures of Link. <laughs> but that your costume was it was amazing. Like, oh, thanks. Down to the little uh, like the gauntlets, the way they like scooped up at the end was like spot on. And like the the almost Greek geometric patterns. Yeah. The, oh, that like was a red. shit ton of work. <laughs> yeah. It it would have to be. I don't. It's. I was blown away because I when you said you were going to do it, I hadn't seen any of your other work. So, you know, you're like, oh, I love this costume. I'm going to make this costume. And then I started to see pieces of it. And I was like, I, is this what he does for a living? Like, this is. <laughs> oh, like- I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people do that. They do commissions and they can get pretty pricey. But as long as you like do some premium stuff, I can. I guess you can live from that. Yeah, it's some probably. celebrity wants you to make their costume for him or something. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh I heard an interview a long time ago with a guy who made bespoke suits and he said that there's no way to streamline the bespoke process because it then it wouldn't be bespoke anymore. So he actually didn't make enough money in a year that he could take time away from making suits for other people to make one for himself. 
So he was like, I just, I, I will never wear a bespoke suit, even though that's what I do for a living. Cause I, I actually can't afford to stop what I'm doing and make one for myself, which is kind of like, I don't know. sounds like a line from an Alanis Morissette song. <laughs> <laughs> but how ironic that is. Exactly. Yeah, so that, that was kind of the, the two jobs I had, and then there was more or less a third job because, um, I mean, we were there from Wednesday to Friday, and the con goes from Wednesday to Sunday. The calm all, goes. All the calm, <laughs> the calm goes. Although technically, the thing is, and that's the first point, I need to flip some tables here. So um, Wednesday is actually supposed to be present business day. So they make a huge deal on the website about how you can only get a ticket if you're from the press or you're from, from just from the business. If you have a reason to be there on that day, you need to actually prove it to them. And that's why you can't just go anywhere and buy those tickets. At least that's what I thought. Yeah. So um, the thing is, my boyfriend got a ticket because he was kind of an exhibitor there because in the uh, they have a hall dedicated to cosplay and he had an artist. There was an artist alley and he could sit down there and draw for five days or th- actually three days we only did. And that's how he got in. So uh, through that contact, I got... Uh, I found out about a way why I could get in on Wednesday, which is through cosplay. So they needed like 100 cosplayers to fill this hall so the press has something to take photographs of. <laughs> because otherwise this hall would have been empty, naturally. Draw so, like one of your cosplayers. So, so you're, yeah. <laughs> you're not only do they have you there in costume, but you're almost like a fake attendee at that point. You're, you're yeah. like, you're, they're letting you in early so that there will be people there early. As opposed to right. just opening yes. it early. <laughs> right. So there are people there when the press goes, like, this is the cosplay village, but we don't have any cosplayers there because it's Wednesday. Nobody's even here. So that, that was the whole thought behind that. So um, I at least got the guarantee that I could get in at uh, 1 p.m., which was the time where they would let those cosplayers in. Um, now I found out a way where I could get in at 8 in the morning because otherwise I would have driven to Cologne, which is one and a half hour drive. And waited there for five hours to get in because my boyfriend yeah. had to be there. My boyfriend had to be there at eight to get to his uh, stall uh, to his yeah. booth. Um, well, yeah. So I got in at uh, eight a.m. Would, would you say you finagled your way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. But uh, <laughs> the thing is, so you get there at eight a.m. and about nine a.m. you kind of realize that the people who are there probably aren't supposed to be there or at least they don't seem like the press or from the business because it's grandmas with their kids and <laughs> random <laughs> people who would have been to school if it wasn't holidays here in germany at that time maybe you're just sexist and ageist and that grandma is the most badass developer ever <laughs> yeah matt what's up <laughs> This is well, actually not, not this, all this whole podcast <laughs> is actually an intervention to call you out on your your intolerance of the older gaming. Community. Yes, all grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't find the Angry Birds booth. Maybe they were from there. But well, anyway, so it, I kind of noticed that a lot of people were there who really couldn't actually be there by the, by the rules if they had played by the rules. So. I again I looked it up on the website and it was like yeah we we check this uh when when it was like uh they formulated it in a way that if they see you running around there and they have a they f- have a feeling like you're not from the press they would actually check it and throw you out but obviously that never happened through the whole the whole day so um 
all I'm trying to say is this is bullshit. So uh, if you, <laughs> you want to go, thing is, if you want to go to Gamescom and you want to do anything there, the only only day you could go there is Wednesday because it's not as full as the other days. And obviously, it can't be that hard to find a ticket because a lot, of, like whole whole of Germany, kind of had a ticket for Wednesday, and uh, they didn't have to work for it. So that was the other part. Uh, like we had to be there at one p.m. and made kind of a parade to Hall Ten where the whole cosplay village thing goes off, and we're supposed to stay there for two hours so the whole press could walk through and. I don't know, do interviews and photographs and that, which would have left me with, I don't know, three or four hours for the rest of the convention. And so three or four hours to go through the rest of the so six halls. So one line? Yeah. <laughs> maybe one line. Maybe I could uh, play Final Fantasy fourteen once um, or get to, the ha- get to half of the queue of Oculus Rift. So <laughs> in effect, uh, if I were to exaggerate a bit, they make you in air quotes, work for the convention because you're kind of an attraction there while everybody else could walk around there since 8 a.m. and do whatever the fuck they want. And you, you were you at this convention, this convention, before they rebranded <laughs> it and moved it? Uh, yeah, I was there the first, uh, on the first games convention where it was in Leipzig 2004, I remember. I mean, I, I think I was, yeah, I think I was 14, so it was 2004. And, and how was it that time? Was it BS or was it exactly the same but with a different branding? Well, it was a bit different. I mean, I, I don't have that much of a recollection of it because uh, the only thing I remember that was boring for the same reason as every com is boring. Because com, I, I'm already saying <laughs> like, uh, that you, you just have to wait in line for everything, so you can look but you can't touch. And um, I just remember it was kind of boring because everything you saw there you could see on the internet already, or a few days after that. So it, it wasn't exclusive so there was no reason to be there because there was no exclusivity is that a word yeah yeah there was there was no exclusivity there so it was kind of like okay i'm not going to do this again but then they moved to cologne so it's not a five-hour drive so i was okay with it the internet has kind of ruined a lot of things i see i i would not (laughs) say ruined video game magazines you still love those i do now Not. you're like, oh, if I want to read month-old news, I'll get a video <laughs> game magazine. But I mean, this to me is a huge benefit because now someone who is not part of the industry or part of the press or has a really good reason to cram themselves into this space doesn't have to. And, <laughs> and I mean, we just had um, Comic-Con here in the States, which is now so renowned for having unacceptably long lines that yeah. I actually saw a video doing calculations on how much time is wasted in those <laughs> lines. Like the just the massive productivity sink to the world. It's just like a, a convention full of Apple product launches. <laughs> Pretty much. But the thing is, so like for me, there were some games they announced that I was really interested in and some movies and things and I heard about them like a day or two later and I'm cool with that. And Nintendo's just like, yeah, we'll just release all the trailers online and not even bother that was with amazing. the presentation. I mean, th- th- at least they were there this time. So two years back when we were there as uh, Link and Dark Link and cosplay for, for Gamescom, um, there wasn't even a Nintendo booth. That was when they were like, yeah, okay, we're going to do Nintendo Direct from now on. <laughs> and uh, then, I I don't know, maybe they noticed that it was a bad idea. So last year they, they returned, and this year they were there with a big booth. Yeah, and I, I get why the games companies need to be there to have like this yeah. marketing moment. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I could have 
that, that's the thing. I kind of regretted not just buying buy into the. I know we got we got the German expression uh, "bite into the saw apple," which means you you're just gonna live with it and deal with it and. I don't know. Wait three hours to play Hyrule Warriors. That w- that's what I could have done. So I could have played at least one game. Okay. But at first, I, I thought didn't. you said bite into the saw apple <laughs> instead of sour apple. <laughs> it's very different. <laughs> just like biting yeah. a saw. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you excited it, for? As someone who went dressed as a character from the Zelda franchise, are you actually excited for Hyrule Warriors? Mm, I'm not excited enough to get a Wii U. If I had a <laughs> if I had a Wii U, I would probably get it now, but it's not enough of a reason to. I, it, well, will the new Zelda the new proper Zelda game be enough? enough? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, we only saw a trailer now, but it, as soon as the gameplay at least kind of promises what what they promised to be like open world and, and, and Princess some, something Mononoke. fresh. I mean, what I, what I understood was that it was uh, supposed to be some fresh ideas in there. And if it, if that's okay, I mean, Zelda games are always good, but I need something fresh now. And if that's true, so I'm, I'm going to get it, of course. Yeah. Uh, there really hasn't been a bad Nintendo developed Zelda game. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. CDI games are the Just, best. <laughs> shut that whole conversation down. You're like Nintendo developed. Where's we actually, we, we actually had a Excuse plan. Me, of, princess. Uh, one way, one way, maybe we're going to do a cosplay group of the CDI Zelda characters. <laughs> you need to have like your eyes be able to animate out of your body <laughs> at random moments. So. Oh, we have contact lenses for that, <laughs> <laughs> and just like awkwardly scaling yourself next to yeah. each other. That, no, but uh, that's the weirdest it, artifact of that era of the CDI games was the characters just like. Dolly zooming in and out. Yeah, and they're just <laughs> wobbly. They look like you know, like Doctor Katz or something. Yes. Uh, what was it? Was that Doctor Katz was the name of that show? And then all the wobbly home movies had the same. Yeah. And then they streamlined it after like season three. Yeah, but it's like that without being a consistent aesthetic. Just like occasionally, oh, it's, it's like a green screen without motion tracking. <laughs> yeah, it's the the zooming is very like Tim and Eric, but not yeah. trying to be funny. Yeah. Just terrible, terrible. This not lampooning anything. And I feel like we knew even back then what perspective was. Like it's not <laughs> it's not like they were like, "Oh, we don't understand that a character's relationship to the background." I think it's a pretty existing. well ingrained evolutionary <laughs> trait that we have depth perception. Yeah. But no one's like, "Why is that wolf getting bigger?" It's like, "No, it's coming <laughs> to kill you." Yes. No one who's ever thought that survived long enough to <laughs> yeah. pass their genes on. Uh Zelda CDI. So, was there anything good at this this convention? <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the indie booths were pretty cool. So, in the hall where we were, right next to us, um, right next to the uh, train and bus simulator, you found the uh, indie booths, and uh, there were some fun games, uh, fun good, uh, looking games. You could actually play them because there weren't any queues, or at least they weren't big. Um, I know there was things like a Brofoss was there. I mean, we know that name. Uh, some tree simulator looking thing and some game that looked like Secret of Man on steroids. I Ooh. don't remember the name. I don't oh, remember sorry. the name, but I filmed a bit of the screen so I can was it uh, multiplayer? put that in later. <laughs> it looked like it. It looked like co op. Uh, like uh, I don't know, I just saw it. The, the graphic style was very reminiscent of Secret take, of Mana. Take my money, <laughs> seriously. And, and it looked really, it looked really fast paced. So. 
looked like fun. And another game I found there was Muse, which I haven't heard of before, which was kind of a music game, a free roaming music game. So there wasn't any score or anything. And and when I saw it, I was I was tied to the ground for like 10 minutes. I was so hypnotized of it. So uh, like an hour later, I came back with the microphone and actually did an interview with uh, one of the devs. So I'm going to I'm uh, uh, gonna upload this. So we'll have to link to your YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, we can upload it to yours if you want it. Oh, you can, you can take it. it. You can take it the hits, take the analytics. Oh yeah, I, I can. <laughs> Great. You got to spread the was, love around. But it was a cool looking game. I mean, I grew up on games like Beatmania and Frequency and all that. And so it was, it was great to see a music based game. And Parappa the Rapper. Oh yeah, Parappa the Rapper. That was Easily hard as hell. the greatest music based game. <laughs> but it was hard. I, I don't know if it was because of the latency of the, the game system, but I found it to be very hard to be precise in that game. You know what killed me about Parappa the Rapper is, and I mean, you're a musician, both of you are. So you guys have like a good kind of internalized sense of rhythm and that game rewarded you on an unclear structure for <laughs> yeah. imp- for improvising. And I had a friend at the time that I played that game with a lot. And I tried to improvise like on rhythm and, and kind of with the beat in a way that made sense. And I would do well. And she would just mash the controller against the floor repeatedly <laughs> and like let her dog walk on it. And somehow she would do excellent, phenomenally all the time. Which then, of course, leads to the simple statement like, well, I'm just better at that game than you. And I'm like, but you're not doing anything reproducible. <laughs> you're just smashing the hell out of the controller, which I think I had kind of a visceral reaction when like, yeah. Rock Band came out years later because I was like, here's a game that actually rewards you for having a sense of rhythm. Okay. I can, my 12-year-old self is now like justified. I am vindicated. <laughs> yes, exactly. That reminds me when we when we used to play track and field on the PlayStation, and we used uh, Super Nintendo cartridges on two of the buttons that you were supposed to press uh, really quickly, and you would just flop it back and forth on these two buttons because <laughs> you had a lot of momentum with that. There's a long tradition. I mean, the I think vividly to any '80s gamer is the Nintendo Power Pad for track oh, and yeah. field. Oh yeah. Of course, you get down on your knees and use your hands to drum <laughs> on <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Well, and uh, do you remember in, I think, Mega Man 2, the second player controller, if you held, I think, right, then you couldn't die from pit damage. Like, if you fell into a pit, it just launched you out. You're just reminding me of it. I totally forgot about this. Yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. So what did I do, of course? I would just jam it into my dresser drawer and (laughs) probably caused permanent damage to the controller. It seems like... That was a nice heritage of old games is they always left in the little, like, game tester things like that. Right. Because clearly that's why they would have that, right? They weren't just, like, for the hell of it, like, no, what's sure, a yeah. player two? Yeah, sh- surely that was to make testing the level easier. But <laughs> when you're eight, it's like, if my friend is willing to sit there and hold down the right <laughs> button for an hour, I'm like a god. Like, <laughs> because if it, I can rig up a player, but you can help each other. If yes. I can rig up a chair leg to sit on the controller. <laughs> exactly. Well, what was in uh, one of the Final Fantasies, there was like a faux, not really, multiplayer where you could like... Final Fantasy 3 slash 6... Was that it? You could, you could turn on the second controller and both fight the battles. Yes. Yeah, yeah which was like... That was a big deal. That was an advertised. Yeah, not not as much as Secret of Mana. Well, yeah, that was also faux. Like, a friend can play or not. We don't care. So I'm curious, Matt. Um, 
did you so you played a couple indie games or you just got to actually scope them close up I got to scope them. The only game I played was this uh, music game Muse, but I played this when I was then at home because they gave me a free code for the game. Ooh. Full game, or is it still in like? Uh, it's still in development, beta? but uh, with that code I got, the, they said that the updates were free. So in effect, it's the full game as soon as it comes out. Since I don't want to link to the OK Computer ripoff band, we need to find a <laughs> link for Muse. <laughs> oh, I have a, a GDC. Um, yeah, I, I got right. something. The, there will be a link to the trailer. In fact, I have it right here. But it looks, uh, it it really sounds like you basically, you either go for the spirit of being there or you go for one big thing or a yep. bunch of indie things. Yeah. Which is kind yep. of the, the trend I'm hearing with these sorts of conferences. Yeah. I mean, you can go there for five days in a row and then you can go five big things. And some people just go there for the merchandise because you don't have to pay shipping. I mean, we bought some merchandise from Square Enix there. And, uh, but other than that, yeah, it's more of the spirit. I mean, it's not like I'm not going to go next year. It's just uh, that I'm going to try to get a ticket for Wednesday and leave it at that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but will you cosplay again? Of course, yeah. I mean, this this year the uh, the new Zelda wasn't even released. Uh, there was just a trailer. So I ho- I'm hoping next year I'm gonna be right on time. I mean, my boyfriend was there as Hyrule Warriors Link, which we need to take a serious photograph of because he looked amazing. And uh, I mean, that that's that was one of the things at the Nintendo booth that uh, the people who worked there at the booth who showed you uh, showed you the game stations and all that. I have a suspicion that they don't really know anything about Nintendo because <laughs> when a cosplayer of Hyrule Warriors Lynx stands next to you and the cosplay is perfect, and I'm not just saying that, but it, it's, that's, the, that's just the truth, and they don't recognize you, or at least they don't... I mean, you can see it in, your, in their eyes, the way they look at you. If they just look at you like the rest of the cattle that's just standing there to play the game. <laughs> and... You kind of get the feeling that do they even know what this is? Do they even know why they're here? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like they maybe hire like booth Ru- runners. Yeah, that, that, that's what I mean. <laughs> it's like you're at that point. Your job is no longer to be knowledgeable about the game industry. It's to have no. like the fortitude to put up with throngs People. of hyper involved <laughs> gamers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the thing is then you hear stories from different booths. Uh, we have a friend who cosplayed from Borderlands and they were at the 2K booth last year and pr- suddenly they were invited to a press shooting and they were, I, I don't want to say they're the official cosplayers now, but they're kind of like the uh, the billboard cosplayers for them. So um, they actually met the inventor, the, the character designer, who were like, yeah, this is so cool and all that. And then you go to Nintendo and nobody's there. <laughs> no, no, there's the, I mean, that that's the thing with Nintendo. You've got Nintendo of Japan, of America and Europe, and uh, Nintendo of Europe's PR is kind of a one-way road. It's always been so, the red-headed stepchild of Nintendo. Yeah, yeah it's always does. <laughs> you get the feeling like they're getting the money from, from the other branches and it's like, yeah, there you go, do some promotion. <laughs> and that's it. And, and localize a few games. But uh, other than that, it's just advertisements. And uh, they they do this pseudo thing of uh, on Twitter of, yeah, what are you excited for next? And there's never any response. Or any, I mean, you get the response <laughs> from the people. But it's not like it means anything. It's just uh, just for show. 
Yeah. And then you, you see other developers who are really embracing the culture and the, the, the fans and all that and the fan arts and the cosplays and all that, or musical covers and all that. And from Nintendo, at least from Nintendo of Europe, you don't get any of that. We were um, we, we actually had ac uh, access to the business area because we had an exhibitor ticket for Wednesday. So we were there at the, uh, the booth of uh, Nintendo itself. So not the public booth, but the one with the business. And even there, you're getting looks like, yeah, you're not supposed to be here. Who are you even? <laughs> and that's kind of discouraging. I mean, I'm, I'm not there to be like, yeah, Nintendo should put us on a pedestal because we cosplay <laughs> the games. But I mean, just a little bit of acknowledgement is that too much to ask for because it just yep. makes the whole company, <laughs> it makes the whole company just seem like, a facade of uh, yeah. Well, just just buy our games, but shut up. If if they don't even recognize the character you are yeah. from one of their most lauded franchises, from the like, game that's just <laughs> been released. Yeah, that's yeah. No, because Mike and I did our little ridiculous shenanigans at uh, InstructureCon this summer. Yeah, and, with Devo, and we got. <laughs> very real responses from the employees and i mean it's you know it's not like anybody rushed up and was like you need a job here you're brilliant <laughs> and amazing like it was just but it was like that acknowledgement like hey what you're doing is cool and yeah we, we appreciate it just that little head nod is like yeah that's oh, all i need oh, that's thank, all I want. thanks for taking notice <laughs> so i just watched the trailer for muse um and a couple of things stood out to me one it looks like a combination of flower and uh yeah, some, some other pixel junk game I can't – the Beats, like, 2D side-scroller pixel junk game. Yeah. Um, Doesn't matter if you can't think of it. It's uh, it's like a trippy art style. Yep, see um, flower. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's like flower <laughs> slash flow kind of. But the thing that really just jumped out to me is um, a game that doesn't really rely on language in any way, probably a lot easier to internationalize. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, I have no music idea. Music is the universal language. That's why every culture's music is completely different. Completely and totally different. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't I, – I haven't gotten a chance to read this article, so I have no idea where these developers are from. But it doesn't matter because there's virtually no writing or speaking of any kind in the game. So, like, that's kind of a benefit to an indie dev because if you're, like, a huge AAA gamer – like, if you're doing Assassin's Creed – you can't send Assassin's Creed from Japan to North America to Germany and not do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, at the very least, you need subtitles and probably you should re-record the voice acting, right? Whereas a game like this, you can just be like, it's done. It's international You have to design. take the violence out for Germany and you have to add more violence for America. <laughs> America, yep. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you cut a character's head off, the head just falls off twice. It just grows another <laughs> head and it just falls off. <laughs> You know they're about to put that in like Saints Row Six or whatever <laughs> one is next. At least that game is a wonderful parody of everything. That's true. There used there used to be a time in Counter Strike where it was censored in a way in Germany that when you shot somebody they didn't die but they just surrendered and got on their knees and with their arms in the air. It's not what? a joke. <laughs> what? That's I, like, that's like I, a it, huge it was, change. It was from the times of uh, I think one point six. I, I don't know if it was for a long time, but it used to be that way. <laughs> That's I okay. I, you just need I, to make them robots or something, and they're like no longer functioning. <laughs> I need oh robots. Uh, come on, conquer in Germany only has robots. They never say these are human soldiers. It's always always robots. 
Okay, so I think with red oil. Spells <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wait, no. Did you guys play Mortal Kombat two back in the day, like yeah. on either uh, Super Nintendo or Genesis? Do you remember there were game genie codes to turn the sweat different colors? <laughs> Do you remember this? No. Okay, so no. when you hit someone, it, at least in the American version, it might have been different in the arcade or, or in other countries, but when you hit someone, there would be a spray, but it was kind of like a white clear, and they were like, oh, it's their sweat. Like, you're punching them and it's knocking sweat off. Well, because that was its own sprite, there was a Game Genie code <laughs> to change the color of it so you could make it red so that it looked like the blood that, let's face it, it was supposed to be. But yeah. you could also make it like a neon pink or like green <laughs> or yellow or black. It might have been for the first game because the second game had blood on both platforms. Maybe it was the first one. Well, the first one, Genesis had blood and Super Nintendo didn't. And that was like a big like, Genesis is cooler because yeah. we got blood. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a Super Nintendo at that time. So. America is pretty fucked up. <laughs> so I'm, I think I'm finding some positive search results for the Counter-Strike Surrender animation. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and even though I've not actually found this yet, I'm just going to throw it out there. I will have a link in the show notes to this ridiculousness because I just I'm imagining if you see the animation of a person getting shot and then they're the person you shot like drops to their knees and puts their hand up and is like, I you know, I give up. Then you're no longer playing a war game. You're playing like paintball, the video game, because <laughs> like you're hyper aware that you're not dealing lethal damage. Yeah, that's two uses of the word hyper. Because we're not just aware, we're really super mega ultra hyper aware. <laughs> Over exaggerated. <laughs> yes, I'm four dimensions of aware. Oh, did you hear that? That was the long, awkward silence of death. I was but, just listening to you type. <laughs> I, I really, it's sort of like the ice cubes in my glass. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to hear those again. We got to get it an expansion for. FF14. Yeah. So they had a they had a Square Enix had a booth there with uh, Final Fantasy 14 on the one side and some Kingdom Hearts re-release remix stuff on the other side. And the waiting times for Final Fantasy were I think 3 hours to to play some an existing I, game. Wait, I, I, mean, yeah. I, I gotta I got to cut you off with an important question. You, All right. You said they talked about Kingdom Hearts Ultra Super 1.85 Remix Redux <laughs> HD edition. Yeah. But was there any mention of Kingdom Hearts 3? Why would you think that? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Square they Enix. had some kind of music game, that, but I didn't get down to play Square it. Square Enix is struggling, man. I mean, they're putting Tomb Raider out on the worst new console. There. Zing! <laughs> but, uh, so... I, Thief sucked. I I'm pretty sure I couldn't drive a car when the original Kingdom Hearts came out. I have a kid now. When it, it when the first Never. one came Just out, when the first one came out, Hercules was a, a cartoon people thought of Disney for. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> this is I, and the, what kills me the most about this is it's now been so long, and there's been so many whiny lightning starring Final Fantasies since then <laughs> that. <laughs> If that franchise wasn't already doomed to become like emo anime, the video game, <laughs> it's now they have to go whole hog, don't they? 
I mean, I remember seeing the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3 at, was it 2? I think it was last year. Was it last year at, at yeah. whatever thing? I think it was last year's E3. E3, thank you, God. But it was it, it was nothing. Like, it was yeah. just a fully rendered who gives a crap. It could have been a fan video that somebody made for all <laughs> we know. At least they didn't go, like, with Dragon Quest where it's like, how about DS only? And we're going to change the game to be very, very weirdly mobile. I honestly, it because then, like, it's done. Like, it's like, okay. That's true. They can ship it faster. Well, but I'm, not even that. It's just like, okay, the game came out. It's on a system I don't have, or they changed it in a way I don't like, but it's done. Right? <laughs> you just want it to be done. Yes. Half-Life 3, like, just release something. <laughs> something. Well, I don't have the same attachment to the Half-Life series, but, like, Kingdom Hearts came out at a time in my life when I played a lot of video games. I'm, I've always it changed been, your life. It, it, it did. It, my body was ready at that time, and I am no longer ready because I've been waiting. Like, it was everything. It's – when you're, like, 14 – and you're a huge Disney nerd and you're a giant Final Fantasy fan. And they're like, hey, it's Final Fantasy it's Disney game. all those things you like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I thought it was a joke for so long because I was like, that can't be a thing. And then I played it and it was awesome. And then the second one came out and it was awesome. And then they did a bunch of stupid bullshit and it was terrible. And then a decade Sque- passed. Squeenix has been doing lots of bullshit. I mean, like, so they, re- they did the Deus Ex reboot, which was awesome. And then they're like, let's release a sequel. Only on the iPad. <laughs> and that, everyone, is a, that is a weird decision. Everyone was like, new Deus X. Uh, <laughs> I think, so Nintendo probably has the, more, the market cornered on this. There we go. <laughs> the market <laughs> cornered on this idea of, here's a game for the, the Wii U or whatever. And then here's a sequel on the 3DS. Or here's a game on the 3DS. Here's a sequel on the Wii U because they can... Or here's a game you can play on both, like Smash Bros. Well, but I think... It's rare, though. But in, in the case of Smash Brothers, you're, you can kind of pick one and be done with it. But if you yeah. play, like, the Dragon Quest series, you if you didn't want to own a 3DS but you want to keep playing Dragon Quest, now you have to buy another console. Yeah, it's them helping their lagging console. <laughs> right. But to go from a multi-platform AAA game like Why Deus Ex and then make it an iPad game, it's like, are you in bed with Apple or are you just insane? I wonder if they made a lot of money for a $5 iPad game. Uh, I don't know. If they already had an engine and they didn't have to do a lot of upfront R&D. They just had to scale everything back. But, I mean, like, if they had, like, a toolkit ready to go, that's a lot of your work. If they didn't have a toolkit or developers, maybe they used it as a way to train their developers up on mobile dev. I just don't know, since Nintendo clearly knows how to milk their old franchises forever, why haven't they announced Pokemon, 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 Pokemon for Wii U? Because wouldn't that help them immensely? I feel like Pokemon does not need a lot of front-loading. Like, if they announced today... That a new Pokemon game was going on sale later today, it would still sell a billion copies. Yeah, and it could just be like we made HD polygonal graphics for the first Pokemon game. Yep. And sold. And, and the internet would shut up and take my And then money. you could do that every six months with every Pokemon <laughs> game that's already been made. <laughs> Redo all of them. And just release like the Square Enix crappy polygonal Final Fantasy remakes, which I despise. <laughs> <laughs> the little like midget polygon style, can't stand it. Except nope. for in Final Fantasy IX, 
It's okay. Well, because they had enough detail yeah. that it didn't feel like giant I th- hoof heads. I think, I think eight was all right. The first time I saw no, eight. No, because they mean, were, they were just, human proportions. Yeah, though, they were humans. Pro- that, that was the first thing I noticed back then. It was like, oh my God, they, they look human, not like Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. <laughs> yeah, I, that Final, was enough for me. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII was a weird. Because we know now in hindsight. From seeing like Advent Children and uh, whatever the hell the PS game was, the PSP game with Zach, Crisis Core. Crisis Core, <laughs> yes. So we know now that those characters were supposed to have human dimensions. Well, even the the, the CG videos from the from seven, they were a little more human proportion. They were pretty human proportion. They were. They, no, they definitely were. But I feel like that was a little. It was like, oh well, the 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 FMVs. I just like how those look worse than games today now look way, in gamers. Yeah, and they're like ten frames per second videos. Yep. But I feel like that was they didn't have the the connection wasn't expected. Like when you saw the FMV, you were like, of course it looks different. It's an FMV. Yeah. But then later, when like the movies and all the supplemental material started coming out, you're like. Why is Cloud three feet tall and have hoofs for heads? <laughs> Why is Tifa a pair of boots and a breasts? Just and that's it. Why is Barrett like eleven feet tall? Like has no one noticed that he's a giant? <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Even the bat like the battle scene models were human proportion, but not the overworld like the the regular. Yeah. yeah why didn't the overworld just use the battle models? Were they too high res? It shouldn't be because it was just a picture background. Yeah, I mean, there was more going on. There was, like, no other polygons they had to draw. Now I'm confused. (laughs) I think the biggest WTF of Final Fantasy said, okay, maybe there's more. (laughs) The save question mark rainbow thing. Yeah, what was up with that? What is that supposed to be? (laughs) I don't know. Like, the other games are like, oh, it's a campsite. Right. And then later it was just like a magical spot. Yeah, here's an orb that you touch and you're healed. Yeah. But just giant, like... Giant question mark. Interobang. <laughs> but it looks like, like a Mario Kart item block almost. It, oh, man, it totally did. I mean, the colors were like, they're backwards. Or inverted, I guess. The the other thing was colored. It was just like hot pink and teal. Yeah, I already got it in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this man. See, this is why we need to be reflective about old games that we have nostalgia goggles for. Because <laughs> I think if you took a lot of people who are Final Fantasy fans and asked them, they would say, "Yeah, I love Final Fantasy VII. It's the best one in the series." And then you started making them think about these things individually, they would eventually be like. Yeah, that game is pretty dumb. <laughs> I guess I guess it's the same thing that happened when Igoraptor released Sequelitis of uh, Ocarina of Time last month. Uh, I think Ocarina is way overrated. That that's my favorite one. I mean, I know there's only like four of his little videos, but that one, uh, it's just. It, well, I was upset at first because I, I thought he was just going to shit all over Link to the Past, and I'm like, no, that game holds <laughs> up. You shut your mouth. But he actually had some really great things to say, and later in yeah. the video, he was actually kind of praising. Link to the past. Oh yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, it, it it all started in the in a playthrough of uh, on Game Grumps of a Link to the Past, where there were he and Jontron were arguing about what which one is better. And I mean, he was on the side of a Link to the Past from the from the first uh, from the first yeah. video, I guess. So 
I, I kind of knew in, in advance that there was going to be this way. So, but the way he shed on uh, Skyward Sword. I mean, I've never played it, but now I do want to play it. <laughs> I, I like Skyward Sword. I, I mean, I haven't disliked a Nintendo-developed Zelda game yet, and I'm sure Skyward Sword would end up being like fourth or fifth on the list. But it's a good game. Yeah, I guess what it kind of comes down to is it's not like is this a playable game or an unplayable game. It's just like, is it playable and then how good is it compared to the other Zelda? I mean, because that's the problem is when you're no longer competing against average games, you're competing against this like super great franchise. So, I mean, I think the, hyper the reasons franchise. to hate on Skyward Sword are the same reasons to hate on any Zelda game are stupid in-between dungeon stuff, shenanigans, townspeople yeah. things. Backtracking fetch quests. Yeah, and that's part of every 3D Zelda game, and it's barely a part of Link to the Past. You yep. basically get to do whatever you want the whole time. Well, that was what... I'm sorry. The A Link Between Worlds yeah. is every bit as good as Link to the Past and maybe better. <laughs> I like, think it's better. I just... It, it's, I was it blown away... Yeah, it might be ahead. shorter, but the, the it does have like nine or ten dungeons, so I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I felt like the story was, it was like a little predictable, but I didn't care. But Zelda yeah. stories don't Those really. are always predictable. <laughs> oh, it was Ganon. <laughs> well, Whoa. <laughs> right, but I mean like the way, so spoilers, but I mean like the way uh, the, the, the the evil princess from Low Rule turns out to in fact be evil. And it's like, oh, the character uh, that looks exactly like Zelda except looks evil is evil, but only kind she of. She was just misguided and desperate because yeah, they redeem her. All right, fine. They do. But <laughs> I think it was a guy. No, that was the shopkeeper. Spoiler was low rule Link. Yes, who was too. No, cow- no, 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 no. I mean the the the, the person with the dancer who went into pictures. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. The the wizard. The yeah. wizard was yeah. a guy. But I mean, the wizard was working with whatever her name was from Low Rule. Yeah, Low Rule. Well done. <laughs> That's just a retroactive pun on High Rule that they invented. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean the first time I was like, "What, what the, what the?" But fuck? Nintendo's but then, really that <laughs> makes sense, and it's good. Like Miyamoto has long been really upfront about, even though he doesn't really do the Zelda games anymore. But like, story comes last, and he he makes a game and a game yeah. mechanic, and then they slap Mario on it or they slap Zelda on it. Yeah, which I would say, like on the surface, that sounds like, oh man, story comes last, but then. It's like, oh, no, wait, that is actually not the most important element because it's <laughs> yeah. a game. So if it's a fun game, but then the story is predictable, that's okay. That's He's really not making okay. Xenosaga. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Which, I mean, there are games with super rich stories that I really love, but you can do the opposite and have a game with a super rich story that's terrible because the gameplay is terrible. Or you can have great gameplay and you're just like, why do you keep interrupting me? With this damn story. That's... Yeah. To me, that... I mean, because I didn't play Ocarina until I played the 3DS version. And that was part of it. It was like, there was just a lot of... Man, you got to skip so much bullshit. (sighs) Oh, I know. No, every... Because one of my childhood friends, like, huge, huge, crazy, huge fan of that game. And when I told him I played through the 3DS version, he was like, you haven't really played it then. But he meant that in a good way? No, he meant that... He was angry with you? Yeah. 
He was like, you, He's wrong. you don't have the experience <laughs> yeah. of suffering through the Nintendo 64 version. I was like, I know. I waited. I'm the smart one. <laughs> like, well, you, what, what do you gain by in the water temple having to pause and move three screens every time you want to switch boots? Because he's remembering Why? that crap through nostalgia <laughs> goggles like an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> Scientifically, traditions are an idiot person thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just I, – I don't know because I've restarted some old games that I had big-time nostalgia goggles for and I get like an hour into it and I'm like, this sucks. Oh, my God. Have you, have you gone back to any of the lesser-known PS1 Square games like uh, – Maybe. I'm trying to think of the, the some of the open-ended ones that were just kind of like half-baked. God, what was it called? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need some examples. All right, talk about something else. I'll look it up. <laughs> so what what kind of worthwhile stuff did you see at the Square Enix uh, display, Matt? Because we got so deliciously sidetracked there. Uh, you mean at the merchandise booth or at the games booth? At the games. I don't care about their crappy merchandise. Oh, it wasn't <laughs> crappy. Oh, I'm going to show you a video of that. <laughs> Filmed in 60 FPS. Beautiful figures and CDs. Do you really? They actually have a CD collection of uh, Final Fantasy sound effects. I don't know I th- a lot about <laughs> videography, so I need to know why you needed 60 frames per Saga second. Saga Frontier. Because Whoa. I could. <laughs> Saga Frontier. Oh, my God. Okay, now I have to go okay. sidetrack myself Back with Google searches, and you need to talk about the Square Enix Gamers booth. <laughs> I was just going to say that I did 60 FPS because I could. <laughs> so we have a uh, slow motion video of so you can uh, put CD it, case behind a glass. So you can put it on YouTube and it'll make it 30 anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, at the uh, yeah the game booth, I mean, as I said, half of it was Final Fantasy where you could just uh, stand there and play in a guild of eight people and uh, defeat one boss. Which I believe was set to easy mode because everybody won. And I don't <laughs> think that everybody... I mean, Mike, you and I know that it's not that easy just because you have a high level of character to beat an enemy. Yeah. So uh, I guess it must have been pretty easy because everybody won and everybody got a t-shirt. So um, That's um, actually pretty clever because they create the illusion of difficulty and they're like, look at how great you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now give us uh, 11 bucks a month so you can play us. <laughs> Oh, that you know what it is. They hooked you. They're like, yeah. first, first boss they almost, is free, they al- baby. <laughs> they almost got me the first day I got home. I was like, it's just one click to renew my subscription. Or the opposite of like, you get the notice that you just paid for another month and you're like, I should cancel that. Yeah, but on the other side, as I said, was just the uh, HD remix of Kingdom Hearts and some Square Enix music-based game, which I didn't get to play. I wish I could have. Um, It was something to do with their soundtracks, I don't know. And then there was some other game by them. I don't know the name. It was some some top-down action-adventure-looking game. So... It sounds like they're maybe trying to do some new IP and they're just not really pushing it very hard. Yeah, yeah. It it wasn't really the big display there. It's just Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy. That, that's what they were all about there. Which I would say makes sense if it seemed yeah. like they were backing either of those franchises. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> they announced Final Fantasy fifteen, and then they haven't talked about it since. And then they announced Kingdom Hearts 3 and they haven't talked about it since. So, I mean... I will I will step back and I will be fair and I will say 
that I understand that these are huge, huge endeavors. The beautiful music, beautiful artwork, the game engine has to be reinvented because for Kingdom Hearts, it's been a thousand years. And for Final Fantasy XV, <laughs> they're moving to a different platform. So, like, I understand all that. But you're also one of the richest, most powerful game companies in the world. Can you not figure this out? <laughs> I nope. guess the same thing uh, stands for Valve with Half-Life 3. You could say the same thing. Yeah, I don't think they're trying, though. Except Valve has never released a bad game. That's, That's true. But I mean, I don't think Valve is working on Half-Life 3 and failing at it. Whereas I would say Square I mean, Enix it, it, is working on Kingdom Hearts 3 and yeah. failing at it. <laughs> yeah, I'd give Valve enough credit just because of their like flawless track record that they probably have... Including Ricochet. Including Ricochet. Um, right. <laughs> that's a, clearly the best We have best the same game. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Um, they probably that was just a test. <laughs> they probably know what they want to do with Half Life Three because that's always sort of been like their here's our new game engine, here's flagship new experience. That they're probably like, yeah, we can't do what we know we want to do with Half Life Three yet. That would be my guess. Is like they want to do something so detailed with physics and characters and some kind of interaction that they're like, yeah, we're gonna wait till the average game machine can handle this. I ha- do, do, tell me what you guys think about this, because you're both way more familiar with Valve's like culture and properties than I am. I could imagine them right now secretly working and then coming out in uh, a couple of years, maybe one or two years, depending on how it goes, and being like Half-Life 3, Portal 3, Oculus Rift exclusives or some yeah. 3D headset. Or Steambox exclusive. That's what some people are arguing right now. Uh, yeah. I think they would lose a lot of goodwill if they do that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can imagine them putting it on 3D hardware exclusive, not maybe specifically the Oculus Rift. But they but could PS4 it yeah, if like, they come out with Morpheus. Yeah, 3D only. Like you, it's We've designed the entire experience, especially for Portal, because I mean – that would Hell be yes. a cool addition to Portal. Even though I would love to just play more Portal story on the Portal 2 engine because I love that universe. Just get Steven Merchant back because his yeah. – and J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Oh, right. my God. Uh, that was the most amazing the thing playing through Portal 2 for me was I was already like, this is the best voice acting ever with Steven Merchant. And then you fall into the 70s yes. and you get oh. J.K. Simmons <laughs> and you're like, holy shit. His rant about the lemons <laughs> yeah. when he's like really sick. <laughs> that that's just like one of the greatest things ever. I'm gonna link to that in the show notes. And that's that's why, like, yeah, Valve just always amazing. So, I yeah, I bet they're waiting till they can really do something new. Because Half Life's been one of those series, other than the episodes where they're like, "All right, fine, we'll try to give you Half Life in shorter than ten year intervals." <laughs> but I don't know. So the other thing is Valve has the luxury of taking their time because they just have money pouring in from Steam. Yes. Other game publishers don't have money just automatically coming in all the time. Yeah, which is I mean for a company that was maybe less dedicated to their craft, that would be a curse because yeah. then they could just be like, "Well, why would we ever make a new game? We have this permanent stream of money." <laughs> like <laughs> It's not like we have to go and work on our irrigation. Like, we are flooded with money. This is why I hope Valve always remains privately owned. Oh, they, are they a private They're not company? public. Yep. 
okay, keep which it up. Means that, yeah, if they were public, I imagine they'd be like, stop making all those risky games. Just sit on your stack of money with Steam. Yeah. And start charging people more for things. Pretty much. So, yeah. Stay the course, Valve. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. I think we're – are we coming up on a, an hour here? I think we, we got to be careful. See, I, I was late. We don't know what happens when you go beyond an hour. I, we don't. Yeah. I'm the irresponsible one. Also, this is, is a bonus episode. We, we, we make the rules here. <laughs> we always make the rules, Matt. I just, I just want to get in one more picture. I, I already posted it on Twitter and I think Google Plus and Facebook as well. I just, I just really want to get this one in and have, have two of you discuss this. Okay. Um, I'm just going to put this here. The the image link and describe to the listeners out there what you can see. Uh, okay, I'm kind of nervous, and I also can't. Oh copy yeah, paste I, I know this picture. So, in the beginning, there were iPads, <laughs> and people which u- we made fun of. Oh god! And people used iPads to take pictures and record video. But this- then there was a new challenger that arised. <laughs> <laughs> this is well first off i have to know so you took this picture of this insane person using what looks like a, a tra- is it a transformer prime uh what maybe it, it's an android it's, it's either tablet a, it, book thing yeah it's like it's a netbook it's a netbook yeah. size so but i mean so what kind of camera did you take this picture with uh, with an action cam, it's like a GoPro, but not it was, a GoPro. It wasn't okay, a, a Microsoft Surface Table. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't the backup camera on a Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see someone backing the car up to like the Grand Canyon just to capture the moment. <laughs> this, yeah, this is um, this, this is one of those things. I tell me what you guys think about this. Because we share, we say we're a show about culture, and I like to think that we are. So, so I hate things like this <laughs> because there's really no functional reason to feel like what this person's doing is stupid, other than that it just feels so stupid, <laughs> right? Like he's just it's a th- camera. Yeah, I mean, and we even have the phrase: "The best camera is the one you have with you." Right? So maybe that's really the only camera he has. Maybe whatever was happening wouldn't be happening forever. And he had his laptop out, but his phone was in his pocket. So he just held his laptop up because the camera was already right there. But it looks so dumb. So now I have to share another picture that I posted in response to Matt about this, which is this imager, which we shall discuss. Imager's getting all the business today. (laughs) <laughs> so this is uh, for our audio listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is um, a guy in what looks like a Starbucks with like a 27-inch iMac <laughs> on the table in front of him, which I will say – so I've seen a lot of pictures of people doing this kind of thing and there was a uh, a sushi place in Tampa, Florida because real or Florida. Was it, was it <laughs> fake or Florida? Fake, fake or Florida. Um, <laughs> I actually saw a a young man go in and set up an honest-to-God tower and CRT monitor (laughs) and then sit there and play World of Warcraft the whole time that I was in there eating. And the thing is – you, so I mean this is not 
an accident, right? <laughs> like a 27 inch iMac is everything not everything happens for a reason. <laughs> everything happens for like a look at me reason. Right? I mean, a yeah. tower and a CRT monitor is probably 20, 25 pounds worth of equipment. I can believe that that guy maybe have been going for a spectacle, but this iMac, I don't know. You really think Apple users and Starbucks is a stereotype <laughs> for a reason. Well, okay, so let's see if we can justify this. So let's say that that guy has one of the newest iMacs, the super thin, super light ones. He doesn't, but sure. <laughs> How can you tell from this angle? I don't know. Let, let's just say he did because it's hard to tell from this angle. So how much – you have one of these, don't you? Yeah. How much does it weigh? Maybe 20 pounds, maybe 15. I don't know. So f- would you say 15, like definitely under 20? I don't know. Well, I'm just curious because it's like I know there was a time when laptops weighed like eight, nine pounds. I'm looking it up. They were like briefcase size. <laughs> So I'm just thinking, like, how outlandish... 21 pounds for the big one. Okay, that's pretty damn outlandish. (laughs) That's pretty damn outlandish. That's like carrying four gallons of water (laughs) around as your personal computing device. Yeah, okay, I got nothing. Because if it was under 20 pounds, if it was, like, 15 or less, then I would say, like, well, maybe... He just really needs the big screen. Maybe he has like a visual acuity problem, but it's light enough that he can carry it around with him and it doesn't draw that much wattage. So you can – but I, I can't. Not if it's over 20 pounds. So, I just think it's – I think that's – it looks like some, some guy who lives in a, in, a, in a dorm on a college on campus and I don't know. They had internet problems and doesn't have any friends where he could go and crash and put his, <laughs> put his PC. Yeah. And so the first thought he has was like, yeah, Starbucks has free Wi-Fi. I got I to gotta hand in my paper tonight so I do some research. And it's benefited that. I See, like how there's still another Apple computer yeah. in this picture. <laughs> <In> the <back. laughs> See, but between the two of us, you are the smarter person, Matt, because what you did was you went for the one-off, why would a person do this once explanation like Are you think he's doing that yeah regularly? well i was looking for like well maybe he lives could, out of his car but owns an iMac, yeah, owns owns an a very yeah, expensive I was, computer i was basically trying to like pre-optimize this like how could a person live carrying a 20 pound computer with like, them? man i wish i could afford an apartment better buy a two thousand dollar computer <laughs> that was a picture on reddit yesterday of a homeless guy playing his xbox in, his, in a backyard yeah but that guy that his equipment did not look cutting edge like, not that a homeless person should spend all their time playing video games because it's not a particularly productive use of your time, but he at least didn't have like the that is it the the Panasonic curved yeah. OLED TV, you know? With, he has Oculus Rift with like a rumble chair and like, and like a two hundred dollar gaming mouse, and yeah, gaming keyboard. <laughs> exactly. So that guy, I guess, gets a tiny, teeny pass. This guy, I kind of want to know his story. This guy, this guy. Uh, I think I think I wish I could have interviewed that book guy. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. You should have been like, "Sir, do you need some kind of philanthropy to give you a real camera so that you don't look like a tool in public?" <laughs> oh my god, this is an onion article waiting to happen. We need a charity to get people with iPads iPhones so that they can take pictures <laughs> in public without looking like tools. This yep. is it. This is the charity of first world problems. <laughs> Matt, where can yeah. people find you on the internet if they want to see some of your awesome cosplay? Or I think you're going to put some of these interviews you did up on your YouTube channel. So where can they find you there? 
Um, okay, so YouTube, I, I mean, everywhere it's Echologs. So YouTube.com slash Echologs. Uh, uh, Facebook.com username party. Yep. Yeah. I'm, Except for I'm Google doing, Plus, where it's Matt Duncan. I'm, I'm doing a little dance over here because we also have a consistent name person on uh, this side <laughs> of the pond, and it's not Mike. You know, if Twitter keeps <laughs> fucking things up, maybe I'll switch to not using Twitter and then I'll be consistent. <laughs> That is, yeah. So that that is a way to solve that problem. <laughs> just, just cut away the fat. So, Mike, where yeah, can people find I'm you? Medwards Music on Twitter. Medwards and pseudomichael.com. <laughs> Woo! People can find me at Lions in Beta. Period. Just at Lions in Beta everywhere. When in doubt, Lions in Beta. When in doubt, you can find show notes at flippingtablespodcast.com slash zero two eight. It is. Do this, it. This is our first double weeker, but. We're, I think we decided this show gets nope, a regular trend, double week. <laughs> <laughs> the show gets a regular episode number, but we're still acknowledging that it's like a bonus episode. Bone ass, bone ass episode. <laughs> so thanks a lot for being our on the ground reporter in uh, at Gamescom. Yep, I'm never gonna that get was- that right. I'm always gonna want to say it with an N. Yeah, me too. Game, Everybody does it. Gamescom convention. Comptroller. <laughs>